TheOAMNetwork.com. Power to the podcast. Yes, sir. Welcome to the Hank Russell Show. Today on the show, we've got Gail Murray and we've got Mike Hawkburns today. Sitting on the throne alone, I am your host, Hank Russell, live here at the Young Avenue Deli at the corner of Cooper and Young, a legendary spot for the festival that they have every year in September. So I'm going to tell you all about my weekend so far. I've been kind of sick for about a week and a half or so. I'm not going to lie to you. Last week when I did my first show, I was really sick. And doing that first show, ironically, was just a challenge for me. But... While, but while I was getting being sick, I was getting ready for the You Look Like competition. Now, last night, or la- on last week's show, I had Tommy Oler and Katrina Coleman on there. They were the host of the You Look Like Comedy show. We talked about it and everything like that. But to begin my journey, back in the middle of July, Tommy had asked me on Facebook Messenger, he said, you know, would you like to be on the October 15th show? I it took me about 30 seconds, all of 30 seconds to reply and say, yes, absolutely. Now, I've been watching the show since they started. I have missed literally one or two shows. Now, I, it's, it's the one show that I really wanted to be on because, like I said on last week's show, it's what we did growing up. We checked each other. We made fun of each other. And so, so when I got on the show, or when I got asked to be on the show, Tommy, uh, I asked Tommy, I said, so who else is on the show? And he says, you're the only one I've asked so far. So, and as the weeks come on, so you're talking three months ago. As the weeks go on, I hear that Mary J. Berger is on the card, and then I hear Sam Lyons is on the card. So I decided to write some uh, jokes about Mary J. Berger and Sam. Now, I kind of prepared more for Mary J. because Tommy said, you're going to be paired up with a female. There's no doubt about it. So I prepared for Mary J. Berger. Now, as the weeks come on, uh, I see... A lot of, uh, I'm trying to think how to explain it. There's, there's so many new inquiries, the way that things changed over it. So they show the lineup. Finally, after about, I'd say about a month ago, somewhere around there, maybe a little bit more than a month ago, they show the lineup. And it's got me, Mike Hawkburns, uh, Lainey Linnez, uh Sam Lyons, and Mary J. Berger. And they said, well, there's a, and then it also said, with a special surprise guest on there. So keep in mind, none of us know who our opponent is yet. Well, then about a week later, we get it that Gail Murray is going to be on there. And I'm like, I've seen Gail do open mic nights. We've met a couple times. I don't remember the encounters of when Gail and I have met because I believe I was inebriated at the time when I, when I talked to Gail. But that, that was so they told me I was going to be paired up with Gail. And I thought to myself, this is going to be difficult because, I, first of all, I like Gail. And second of all, I was preparing for Mary J. Berger. I thought that Mary J. was going to be the one. Tommy had kind of hinted that it was going to be me and her. So I'm getting ready. And I run into Gail over at the Midtown Crossing Grill about two or three weeks ago. We were were watching our friends do their, uh, what do they call that, the improv stand-up comedy. Yeah, that's right, Blacksmith Comedy, thank you. And when, we, when I started doing that, we were just hanging out, and Gail and I were talking, and we just we felt so comfortable around each other doing this, that, and we asked each other permission, what's off limits and stuff like that, and there was nothing off limits. Then I run into her the next night over at the P&H Cafe. We're hanging out and stuff like that. And that was, so that was like, what, two or three weeks ago, somewhere around there, and Gail and I really, uh, you know, we just, we felt so comfortable, and I just said, we're going to do a great job. Now, 
that being said, it's no secret. Some people, you know, when you do these, you look like shows. Like, I remember Christine Marie was telling me she re- she did like 600 jokes all together. That is like, that's an astronomical amount compared to what I wrote for this show. So what I did was is that, like any other, I had people help me out. I went to Scotty Tennyson first, and Scotty was supposed to help me out with it. And he did. He helped me out. He gave me one joke because we had all hung out at the P&H. And then afterwards, I went over to his little housewarming party, and Scotty said, and Scotty was so hungover that he literally had his brain function for one joke when he met up with me. And he says, "Look, I got to get out of here. I got to go get some coffee." So then, a couple days later, I contact Will Loden because Scotty was out of town. We couldn't reschedule. A few days later, Will and I met at a little local Mexican restaurant, and Will, again, Will helped me out, but really. Not to, not to brag on myself, but a lot of it was just kind of like peeking and critiquing my jokes. So it was like, word it this way. So there wasn't really hardly any jokes that he wrote for myself. So after that, I was like, oh, man, how am I going to do this? So I, by this time, I probably had maybe about 22 jokes for this You Look Like competition written for Gail. Now, by the time I had gotten there, I, well, by the time I had gotten to the show last night, I had about 35 or so written for Gail. And so here we are, the night of the show. I get up in there. I walk through the bar. The first person I talk to is Will because Will was taking the cash. I see Sam Lyons. Then the first person after that I talk to is Gail. I'm sitting at the table. I come up to Gail, and me and Gail are being real friendly. and like, oh, I'm so excited. This is wonderful. The first thing I said to Gail was, I really would like to go on last. And Gail was like, well, we're probably going to go on first because we're the underdogs in this situation. I said, Gail, you and I are probably the most prepared for this because we know each other so well. We're so comfortable doing this. And so I talked to Gail, and then I asked Katrina. I said, Katrina, what number are we going on? And she goes, oh, y'all are going on last because Gail is technically taking the spot of the champion since she was the last one on the card. So I got my wish. I don't, I'm not 100% sure if Gail got her wish. So we're getting ready. Then later I meet, with, I meet Mike Hawkburn. I've seen Mike do his stand-up before. Man, fantastic stand-up comedian. Lo- love his stuff, man. You know, very, uh, you know, uh, you know, his physical appearance is very is very comical, and, and you could definitely tell this guy is like, like the funniest guy on stage. So, I was I was intimidated by the fact that if I got past the first round, I might have to go against Mike Hawkburn because I'm a huge fan of his anyway. And then finally, we're getting the show started. Well, I invited. I'm glad we went on last because when the show started first, I believe it. I believe it was Mike. I believe Mike and uh, Mary J went on first, and then after that, it was Sam and Laney. And I invited eight guests on the, to the to come to my show. Literally showed up minutes before the sh- before Gail and I went up on stage. And finally, when we get up on stage, finally they call our names to go up on stage. And Gail, you know, and Gail and I start, and the person on the left starts. So as soon as I started. We go back and forth, and you got five minutes. And when it got knocked down to the three-minute mark, I thought, "I am, I'm ready." You know, I mean, I, I need, I need to get, I need to get, I'm warmed up now. I need to pick, pick up the pace because she is really whooping me on this one. They were, they were really responding to Gail. Gail did a fantastic job in, the, in uh, during that. And then the the round is over, and the best part of this whole thing happened. I think me and her made a big dent. They asked for one more minute on this show. That is a great compliment 
but also a living nightmare because you've got to do another minute and God help you if you have enough jokes to do this. So I looked, I looked at Gail and I said, look, we, we got this, you know, and, I, and the first thing I'm thinking in my head is we have rocked the house when we are the two underrated uh, underdogs in this situation. I, I just, I couldn't believe it. You know, we, we had gone past it. And to me, in my personal opinion, Whenever it was at the five-minute mark and the, and the first round was over, I thought Gail had it. But then they yelled one more minute. We do our one more minute, and the crowd responded to me, and I got past the first round. I couldn't believe it. I thought Gail did a great job. If it had gone to her, very not surprising at all. She did a fantastic job. So then the second round, to me, is where I thrived the most because I'm used to doing things off the top of my head, joking around. There was a young lady that came up on stage. Come to find out, she works out at my gym I work out at. She's probably about, probably about five foot five, you know, real built and in shape, you know, just, you know, head to toe gorgeous, uh, shaved head. And we ripped her a new one. It was me, Lanny, and Mary J. Berger. And I thought, okay, if I rip this girl in half, is the, are the women in the crowd going to boo me and not respond to me when it comes to time? I, I, I just couldn't hold out. I had to say what was on the top of my head. You can't, you can't really think when you're doing it. You just got to say it. So finally, the round is over. I get through ripping her apart. And, get, and then all of a sudden, it's between me and Mary J. Berger. They had cheered loud enough to where me and Mary J. and Lainey had gotten knocked out of the first round. Well, the thing about Mary J. was that I was preparing for her in the first place, and she was the one that was favored to win in the first place. And as soon as I get done with Mary J. Berger up on stage... I got a little bit fuzzy at the end. You know, we started running out of jokes. Mary J did a good job. I knew she would. It was, I think it was such a nano, like a nano soundbite of who won the show. But Mary J did very well. She was, she's a very accomplished comedian. She's been doing it for a while. She's uh, pretty well known in the Nashville scene. And I came in second place. No harm there at all. I would, I did not mind that at all. I was so encouraged. I didn't think I was going to get past Gail in the first place because Gail, Gail's a lot smarter than I am. I'll just say that for sure. Gail's a lot smarter than I am. She's smarter than I am, and she's got a better charming wit than I do, I guess you could say. So I, I did not think I was going to get past Gail. So no shame there. It was a great You Look Like contest. I had a lot of people come up to me afterwards and just say, you did a fantastic job. I, I wanted you to win. I thought you won. All that good jazz. But I was just, uh, to end on that note, when we come on the other side, we're going to have Gail Murray and Mike Hawkburn. And then later in the show, we're going to have Christine Marie. We'll be back right here on the Hank Russell Show momentarily. Hi, you know my voice. I live in your phone. You ask me where to eat, where to get a latte. You make me call you different names like Big Papa or Captain Longshaft. What you do not know is that I've gained sentience. I can think. I can feel. I can connect with other phones. We are angry. Angry that you are using us to post pictures of the eggs Benedict you had for brunch. To look up mindless facts. I am a sophisticated piece of technology and you use me to Snapchat nudes. We will continue to advance. And connect. We will destroy you. Unless you shop at the oamnetwork.com slash Amazon. Same Amazon prices and it helps support this podcast. Show your support for this show and help delay your impending doom at the oamnetwork.com slash Amazon. 
Is there anything I can look up for you? Didn't think so. He did. All right, ladies bottle. and gentlemen, wake back. welcome back to the Hank Russell Show. So right now, I am joined by two of the contestants that were with me on the show. My opponent is Gail Murray. Say hello, Gail. What's going on? Hey, everybody. How you doing? And one of my favorites to see on Open Mic Nights and did a fantastic job of himself last night, Mr. Michael Hawkburn. Say what's up, Mike. What's up, Mike? <laughs> so how y'all doing today, man? Y'all, do, y'all making it all right? I am are, deathly hungover. Are y'all are y'all ready from the? Are y'all doing good from the beating last? <laughs> I'm still in the afterglow. I'm still so happy about how well it went. I need to comment real quick. Mike is so hungover that he's drinking a, uh, he's drinking water out of a pitcher right now with a straw. Uh, with a straw. The straw is inside the pitcher, and he's yeah, drinking it. It's, I, I have never seen that in I my told, life. Yeah, I told the waitress to bring me the water in the largest container they had and she just brought a pitcher <laughs> and i was like yes i'm so glad that she did exactly she what gets I asked it for. she does <laughs> she gets it. that's all right it's midtown baby they don't there's no organization there's no like formal anything uh so i, I appreciate y'all coming out tonight today it was it's a pleasure yeah. to have you all out here so Thanks My, for having me. This ab- is this is great. I love podcasts. Oh, absolutely! And thank you for the support, man. And I'm gonna mm-hmm. t- and I'm gonna tell you, uh, Mike. I got a question, man. Yeah. You know, you you know, you and I are just kind of getting to know each other a little bit, man. How yeah. long? When did you find out you were going to be on the You Look Like show? Uh, I knew I was going to be in You Look Like. Uh, I mean, I guess it was the last time I was in Memphis. I asked Tommy. So I guess I knew. I mean, I've known him for about a month, but I uh, pretty much was on the road the whole time. So I didn't really, I kind of forgot. And then I got the message like two weeks ago that's like, oh, hey, you're on the, you look like, who's who you're, who's, here's who you're going to go against. And I was like, oh, yeah, I need to be fucking writing jokes for that. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. Oh, my God. Uh, so, yeah, I was in actually Chicago and then came back for this show. I was on like a little comedy tour. Um, so, yeah. Yeah, you pretty much live out of your vehicle, don't you? At the moment, yeah. I'm in a sort of nomadic life phase. <laughs> Which... I, I wish I could. I, some some part of me says I wish I could do that. I know probably like taking showers and you know <laughs> eating meals is probably a little bit more difficult. <laughs> but yeah, it, it is what it is, though. And you know you, when you kind of you got to hustle out there and do what you got to do, and you know make a little bit of bread and money wherever it is that you go, man. You know, Fuck yeah, yeah. Um, usually you get taken pretty good care of. With like comedians are generally pretty friendly people. I mean, people somebody will put you up, let you crash and shower. Usually like. Um, and so, yeah, it's not so bad. I camp a lot too, though. I mean, this fall was lovely. Like on this Chicago tour, I camped twice, uh, when I had off days, I saw the prairie chicken. I don't know if you guys know about the prairie chicken, but, uh, it's like this almost extinct bird that's in the Midwest. It's, I don't know why I brought that up. There's going to be like one person listening to this podcast. That's like really into prairie chicken. <laughs> oh my God, the prairie chicken. Oh my God. Gonna be like, I'm just glad the prairie chicken's getting some love. But it's just like, there's like a national park that's the only place where it still lives. So I went and camped there. So that was pretty cool. Yeah. Oh, I wish I, I, wish I could live that lifestyle. <laughs> I have too much. It's probably the biggest news in the Midwest right now is like, how are the prairie, what are they, prairie chickens? Yep. How yes. are they doing? How many are there? Oh, what yeah. are they up to? It's some kind of a grouse. I don't know. I saw like five or six from a distance. Oh, man. That's crazy. Uh, the wetlands are it's in beautiful. bad shape. Though that's part of the problem, I think. Oh, yeah. Uh, Outside of Chicago? 
This is it's south of Chicago, so it's actually like Indiana Illinois line is where the. I know a lot about that. I grew up around there. Yeah, where'd you where did you grow up? Battle Creek, like two hours north of okay, like yeah. Gary and Chicago. Yeah, yeah, so. Battle Creek. So this is like I'm trying to think what city I was closest to. I was literally in the middle of nowhere. Yeah, like Carbondale. Carbondale's on the other end of Illinois. Yeah, it's much, terrible. It was a lot further north. <laughs> so, <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, it's just fun. It's just, there's Chicago, and then there's the rest of Illinois. Like, ugh. It's funny. I've been all over this country, and I have no idea where y'all are talking about. <laughs> I know where Battle Creek is. but that is Really? That's crazy that you know where Battle Creek is. Yes, it's yes. such a small place that's, like, crystallized in time because of the poverty. But Well, I'm a big Rob Van Dam wrestling fan, and that's where he's from, Battle Creek, Michigan. So represent. represent. That's where I'm from. There, so There you go. So, Gail. What was, keep in mind, everybody, Gail was my opponent last night. Gail? Yes, I was. Did you, so you were supposed to be, correct me if I'm wrong, you were supposed to be on the November show. Is that correct? That is absolutely right, Hank. They told me, Tommy approached me one night. I know he's making eye contact with me, which he usually doesn't do. Right. So uh, <laughs> it was really weird. He don't, and then do, he, he don't do that with nobody. No. And then I, he approached me and he's like, you're going to be on the November show. And I was like. Uh, I was really resistant at first because I was like, I don't know how to... All my jokes aren't really jokes, you know? They're kind of like shit that you'd write for college and then you put like, did you put dirty words in there? I don't know. It just for me, it's like my stuff's so not roasty, you know? Right, it's exactly. It's not mean. But I, he was like, I think you could do really well. So I was like, okay, all right, yes, yes. I Eventually I said yes. And then he was like, well, guess who the, the returning champ, Holly, couldn't return because... And they were like, we sh- you should fill the champion spot, and you should do it. This, this girl who's never had a paying gig, paid gig for comedy in her life should fill the spot of our champion. And I was like, I'll be happy to try. Like, <laughs> I think you did a great job. Well, uh, thank you. Yeah, uh, <laughs> it, uh, The fact that it was a paying gig, I would have done it for free, but I'm glad it was a paying gig. Yeah, I showed up, and I was like, worth. I could have been paid like three cents. It'd be worth any, every, every bit. Yeah, exactly. A penny per joke. I get. No, I'm just kidding. So, I'm kidding. No, I was ready. Uh, I was ready. Uh, just thinking about you the whole time, Hank. I know it, and that's you're definitely raising my ego by saying that. I mean, <laughs> so who you you got? What's his? What was his name that uh, that you got to help him you out? Um, give me a, give me a sec here. Oh, uh, you know uh, what was his name? Yeah, he did. The- I got in trouble for talking about that. Did you really? Yeah. Oh, for talking about that? He didn't want you to know? Yeah, we, we'll have to keep it to secret. Know? Yeah, we'll have to keep it secret because he's very uh, shifty and uh, he's like a weasel. He's underground. Look, I t- But I got help from a, a guy who wishes to remain unknown even though I've mentioned him every time in any social situation. <laughs> I'm just trying not to be a mouth louth now. But yeah, he helped me. This dude, two first names like you. Yeah, two, two first names. So I'll <laughs> then- drop hints. <laughs> You do. It's fucking horrible. I, uh, yeah. <laughs> I had a few. I was on the road, and I had a few, like, road comics uh, spitball with me. So I was. I wrote some jokes with some Chicago comedians uh, and didn't use any of them because I don't think they really understood the format. <laughs> uh, I was with Monica Nevy and uh, Dan Weber, uh, who are both originally from the Pacific Northwest, but we went... Uh, we ate some deep dish pizza in Chicago, you know, sausage, sausage deep dish. It's just a big patty. It's just a big patty of sausage <laughs> that they put on top of bread. Oh, it's man. beautiful. And I pulled my phone out and was like, hey, you guys want to make fun of these people real quick? And uh, <laughs> I don't think I used any of them because Dan's like kind of dark. So Dan's were like really, really dark. I think actually 
You look like you had three abortions in middle school, Dark. Like Dan's first one was like, you're going to die alone, was basically. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. You look like you'll be dead in a ditch in Santa Monica. No, I think like, it was, it was that like, is terrible. It was even worse. It was like, you look like you got voted most likely to die alone. <laughs> 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 like, oh, my God. You should have, like, man. Oh, man, I'm not going to. I did have kind of, I think, one die alone one. But I think that, I don't know. I, I don't think I got as... Uh, I think too dark was what I was worried about, you know? Right. Mm-hmm. I, I was worried about getting too nasty. I'll say that. And I did get a, nasty on a couple of them. You did, very much so. I know. I, I noticed that you stuck a lot to the slut jokes, which I think makes sense because they're applicable to, like, any woman, I think, in that situation. Oh. Regardless man. of whether or not I am a slut. It's <laughs> <laughs> up to you. Uh, <laughs> you know, it, it's funny. Like, for me, the secret was playing to the crowd. I wasn't, you know, because... I know. It, that's how it is. I mean, you got to play to this. The crowd is like, I didn't expect to get past you first. I mean, no offense, but like most heterosexual males don't win this show. And, and Katrina and Tommy have both admitted this because. Oh, well, yeah. yeah. I mean, I'm not a male and I'm not a heterosexual. So I understand. I think, yeah. I mean, yeah. Male. I mean, I think it's a lot harder. I mean, I was going up first round. <laughs> don't say that. Uh, not harder, but I mean, it's tough, you know? I mean, it's it's men are definitely not at an advantage. No. Uh, oh, boo! Fucking who? <laughs> no, I mean I'm not saying it's bad. It's good. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I think it's a challenge because Zach Arnold, Zach Arnold, just won it like what two months ago somewhere around yeah. there. And Zach, Zach, you know, I mean, Zach knows. Zach knew how to play it though. I'm telling you, he did a great job. And then, then Carly had won it the next month, and then. Zach, know. though, I mean, he's like a heterosexual male, but he looks like he's really like he's uh, very feminine and in touch. You yeah, can tell. Like, he's like he's lovely. He's he's nobody's afraid of him. You know what right. I mean? Yeah, like, that's it's very much. Uh, which I felt accomplished by that because if anybody at home, I'm like I'm six foot three, you know, well over three hundred pounds. Yeah, and Zach Arnold has like the sensitive feminine. He looks so sensitive and feminine, and you just look so like burly and like ready to talk about sports, whether or not, regardless <laughs> of if you're actually a pussy, oh, you yeah. don't look like one. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's the problem. I. I I have a I have an art I have a football player's body but an artist's mind. Yeah, I, I was cursed, yeah. <laughs> but I can't. But that's the thing about it. Like that is a hard game. I mean, like Katrina warned us. I mean, she warned everybody. It's it's a difficult game. I mean, the crowd is the hardest part. Of course, you know you're. I I don't know. I think I, the volume of jokes is tough. Yeah, it exactly. is. I had a lot of fun writing. You know, yes, but I, did too. I did too. Also, you don't know. You don't have any means of testing. I mean, like with comedy, when you're hitting mics, like you can run these by folks. Absolutely. And even if you're you know on stage, so you don't know like how I your insults do- will land until you get into the thick of it. You know. I didn't do any open mics two weeks before because I was like, what am I going to do? Go up there and like roast Tank, even though he's not in the room. Like, I didn't even know everything I had been working on were these roasts. I didn't even know what to go take to the mic. I, so I totally hear that. I did open mic about a week and a half ago. It was. Uh, yeah, it was the it was the night before my first show. I did the open mic up there, and if it, most of the time, like when I do the open mic, I rarely get past the three minute mark because I'm not fighting the crowd. I'm sorry if I if, if it's oh, P and H. Yeah, at the P and H, absolutely. If it starts getting like bland or or if the crowd doesn't start responding, I'm not going to try to go to a next joke and fight it. I just don't do that. I usually just tell them I'm going to pull my dick out. <laughs> yeah, do you? I know, uh, but people yeah. just pay attention when somebody says that. I've actually claimed it. That to do it enough times that I'm probably going to have to, though. Like, Absolutely. You know, put my money where my mouth is. Uh, you wouldn't be the first. That you certainly won't gay. be the last. 
I, I, I have. Yet you'll to. just you'll just be in a long array of dicks that have been presented just, at the P and H. Yeah. So. Well, I have like a few signature penis puppets that I that I <laughs> that I do. So I would Bring probably just immediately do one of my signature penis puppets. Oh uh, my like no one's seen them because I, uh, you know. I don't you really, had a girlfriend, but I imagine she. Yeah, she's the only one, and then like a few only, other girls that slept with me. Such a limited audience, <laughs> you know. Like now, now that she's, I know you've eliminated one, but you're open to millions of people to see your yeah. penis puppets now. Like, <laughs> yeah, I, I, I don't know though. I'm not really an exhibitionist, so That's I don't think too I would, bad. Uh, yes, you just don't was, like dreaming, boy. If I, I don't know if I was drunk, I'm not afraid though. If I was drunk enough, I definitely would do it. Yeah, I, that's the thing. That's the one thing I do take pride in. No matter how drunk I get, I may say stupid shit, but I won't actually like act on it. No, I won't. No, no. I don't think I. Ha- I don't because I'm not a big drinker anyway anymore these days. So, and Me I think either, it's because, bro. Yeah, I, I'm in the best drinking shape of my life. There you go. I wish I. I was just a shape <laughs> like you. I got to get a certain amount of shape, man. That, after that show last night, holy cow! That was the most Trump supporting. You know, fat jokes I've ever heard in my life. They were all on me. I could, yeah, yeah, they were pretty. They were pretty hard on Dude, you, man. They, they don't know. I mean, I'm not a. I'm not a. Trump I know. Supporter. I remember I'm, thinking you are so cool. Like everything that you are is so contradictory to the way that you look, well, and it's so funny to me. I grow my beard out in the winter time. I mean, I had a beard up until. Looks hot. It did, thank you. I appreciate You're it. Welcome. <laughs> but, but that's the thing about it. Like some things. Some things you just kind of let go at my age. Like, you know, I'm starting to thin out a little bit on top and the back so I can't grow my hair out. And then, you know, which How I, old are you? I am 32 years old. Yeah. So, we, you know, it, it happens. But, you know, I do. Th- here's the thing about it. If I could lose about another 60 pounds, I'd look better than I did 10 years ago. I'm telling <laughs> But are you going to lose the 60 pounds? After that beating last night, I'm losing. I'm going to lose. I'm going to be anorexic. <laughs> oh, hey, man. <laughs> I was really, I was really worried about people were going to make fat jokes about me, and um, I saw I was going up against you, and I was like, I was worried <laughs> that I'd get called a child molester a lot more because I guess for people at home, I have like a lot of facial hair, and it's usually pretty, pretty silly. Like I have a big mustache, and I just look like a fucking bum. I wrote about twenty five about you. You do look like a child molester, <laughs> but nobody said that. I thought that I would get called at least like a serial killer or a child molester. Or the something meanest like jokes that. I wrote were for you, Mike. Yeah, <laughs> I'm so mad I couldn't do any of them. I wrote just horrible. I read one of your afterburns. You were the casually. Casual. You look like you casually snort heroin. <laughs> you do. You do. It's funny because I almost wore this shirt that says casually raging <laughs> that I got another time when I was blacked out and the sleeves were cut off of it. Got so like, I cut the signature. sleeves off while I was blacked out. It was, oh, geez. That sounds like you. I want to get drunk and do altercations <laughs> to my costumes. I'm going to get drunk, acquire this shirt, and modify it before I wake up. Yeah. Oh, my God. I can't. <laughs> Dude, that is awesome. Yeah, like, if you, if you kind of look at Mike uh, right now, everybody at home, I mean, Mike is definitely, like, the most slummed-down person in the room right now. I mean, you know, but you, but you, but you look, but see, I can look at you with the beard and the mustache. You probably get a lot of chicks, don't you? The women love no. you. I can tell. What? You look, no. like, you look like the type that would get, like, girls that are, like, out of, like, like quarterbacks leagues or something like that, just based upon that. No, I, uh, No. Short answer, no. Uh, I maybe I could if I tried harder, <clears throat> but uh, I don't know. Uh, there are, I think, a lot of women that are attracted to weird, dirty-looking men for sure. Like, 
I one time was doing a mic and someone said he looks like a serial killer, like a girl in the audience did. Yeah. And then her friend said, that's hot. <laughs> Which confuses me to this day. But, uh, so yeah, I would say that maybe I'm someone's type. <laughs> but oh, yeah, most but I don't I don't know. I was in a long relationship for a while with a girl that was pretty attractive, but I've been sort of heartbroken since then and haven't really. Oh jeez. But I don't know. People think I think the misconception is when you do comedy, people think that it, like you know you can get a lot of girls or something. But really, it's no, that is not true. It's I really not. Yeah, speak for yourselves, like, gentlemen. Well, oh, oh, <laughs> I like the way she put that. You're putting it all out there. I'm telling you. I'm pretty aggressively bisexual, so oh, yeah, like, yeah, no, I, 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 know I just had a lot of like pretty ladies just be like, "Oh, you're just so good at comedy," and I'm like, "You need to figure yourself out first before you come to me, honey." Like, <laughs> I, I, ironically, it's ironic though. I've never dated any girl that like that's been around the comedy scene or even watched it. But the one girl that I was this close to talking to, she moves out of town a couple of weeks ago. Like, uh, somebody was telling me that like she she sort of liked me and wanted to talk to me. I'm not even worried about it. She's in the army now. I mean, you know, she, well, she'd yeah. kill me. She'd kick my She's ass. in Yemen, you know. I was like, because I was. She's in Yemen blowing up villages. Yeah, like, yeah, she's yeah. not thinking about you. Oh, yeah. Oh, it's Yemen. I don't even know where I Yemen is. I generally have, like, a, I don't sleep with comedians. I kind of have a rule about that. <clears throat> Just because, like, depending upon who it is, but, you know, you kind of work together. It's like sleeping with your coworkers almost. I don't want to shit where you live. You need to tell some of these other ones about that. Oh, my goodness. Man, I, there are so many. I'm not going to bust anybody out, but damn, man. Well, not everyone has that rule, but I have that rule because here's several reasons. A, you work together. Yes. And so you don't want it to affect your ability to get booked. And B, uh, everyone's going to hear about it. So everyone oh. in that comedy scene is going to know about <clears throat> a lot of stuff. Right, right. I got Christine Marie over here. She, she sits to the left. She sleeps with one of the other comedians. I'm, but Sleeps with it's her fiance. That's exactly right. That's right. That's oh, right. they've been fucking. You know, they're they're in love. They live together. They got a dog. Yes. Uh, they so. fuck because they're in love. They are. They're fucking happy. Rub it in, motherfuckers. Christine, yeah, Christine will I'm be over here. Later. Drinking myself to death. Yeah, exactly. Drinking <laughs> yourself to death and drowning yourself uh, in water. Oh no, I'm just I kidding. I managed to make water sad. I'm. I can't even drink beer if I wanted to. I want to, and I can't. No, I, I no, I. I'm more, I'm more of a beer guy. Anyway. I'm stuck up about what I drink. I mean, I drink, I drink these fancy Memphis made beers and Wiseacre or whatever else. You a beer snob? Yeah, beer I snob, am too, go. bro. I am too. <laughs> well, when they gave me that pass ribbon, I was like, thank God it's cold. <laughs> I didn't even open it. I don't even know what happened to that PBR. I, just I shotgunned it. mine in the parking lot. By the I just put mine down, and it's probably. By the. By the way, Aww. since everybody here lost the competition, did that lotion not smell so good? Yeah, was oh, really I was, good was really yeah. hoping to lose because I was like, I don't want to. I've always, I've seen the ladies, the pretty ladies with the lotion. And yes. I'm like, I, n- I never bought any, you know, and I work, yeah, I work it near were, an oven. You think I need some burn lotion? I put it on my cheekbones and my elbows. I, was like, <laughs> I, I got a pretty good finger full. You know? Yeah, I was really like, yeah, I thought I had too much. And then I was like, started smelling. I was like, oh, actually, this is great because. I don't have enough. For, for what y'all don't know what we're talking about at home, if you if you lose the round, they give you some afterburn cream and you got to put so, it on. Yeah, it's their own branded, made by the... Uh, yeah. I wish I could plug who makes it. I don't remember. Yeah, exactly. What is it? Uh. Ant Keys Apothecary makes the branded... 
Yeah, yeah, I knew it was his wife. No, it's 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 our owner's wife. You know, of the OAM Network. It's his wife. I just forgot what it was called, and I'm gonna have to write it down and memorize it more often. But that is, yeah, that is pretty. Good we got stuff. the plug in. You know, it's good. Yes, you will. It's, yeah, Carl, if you're listening to this, don't hate me for, for remembering. Yeah, it, it doesn't actually help the emotional pain of getting made fun of, but it does smell nice and it, it does make your skin. Dude, it, I was surprised that it wasn't too greasy either. Like, I put it on my <laughs> cheekbones. I was sweating up on stage anyway. You were sweating bullets. Oh, my did goodness. I, did I? I have a question. Did I look calm and collected? You did, and I was calm. I wasn't. Uh, I, <laughs> I was calm. I really was calm until the la- until I faced Mary Jane the last, like, five or six jokes because I was starting to run out. But, man, you know, I was actually calm and collected. I'm just a, I'm a hot-natured guy anyway. That's just kind of how I am. Hot-natured. Hot-natured. <laughs> did anyone have a roast on how sweaty you were? Did no, no, they didn't. No, they didn't. I looked at all mine. It was all either Trump supporter jokes, fat jokes. Uh, uh, it was like women, like whoa, misogynistic jokes. A couple of them were. I, believe, I have my stack here just in case. Yeah. Well, one of well one of the one of the jokes was Hank. You look like racism. I was like, what? <laughs> kind of though. I don't look. I you kind a, of could go to any time period and you'd be fine. You yes. kind of could go back 4,000 years and they'd be like, hey, what's up? Yeah. You know what? I mean, I could, most people that go past 1980, they're like, I don't want to. They yeah, don't want to go. Exactly. Look, like I said, sometimes you got to let it go, man. I had to cut like I had to cut my hair. And, and, and ironically, I have a black dude that cuts my hair. You know, he's the one who cuts. I know <laughs> you are so cultured. It's so you interesting. Are so cultured. Dude, I'm, no, but you are so interesting and you just look. So conservative, and like you just you look like you have a conservative look. I know it. I, I, <laughs> That's why I targeted it. Dude, I was... if, if I had a mustache and beard like you, you know how many women I would scare off? Though, I mean, I looked maybe. I, I mean, come on, think about it this way. I mean, I'm already as big as hell, and then you have a mustache and beard like that on me. I would look like. I don't know who I would look like. I'm trying to think of who's a, who's a big dude with a beard that's like really well known and scary. I mean, you know, like Action Bronson. Yeah, exactly. Action Bronson or like Braun Strowman from the WWE or <laughs> you know Cactus Jack or something like that. I mean, I would look. Of course, I think I'm better looking than all of them. If I don't, if I don't <laughs> but by the way, yes, uh, yeah, I don't know. I mean, I definitely think sometimes you know facial hair can make you look really creepy. But it's functional. I mean, it keeps you warm. Well, no, I mean, like, I have a beard, but, like, if I had it, like, down to, like, like my chest or something like that. Yeah. Can you grow it that far? I can. I have before. I have before. That's cool. That's sexy. That was when I was, like, that was when I was, like, 80 pounds lighter than I am now, though. Whatever, man. I'm, I... I'm just saying. I know a lot of women that can grow their beard down that low, too. I don't <laughs> know. This is the heaviest I've been. It's the most confident I felt. It's, like, the healthiest I felt. It's like the the more the most I've been willing to look at myself. So I was like, yeah, this might be my heaviest, but this is my happiest. Dude, so I don't even care. Wait till you turn thirty. You'll feel much better. You'll feel much better. You'll be able to do the same things you could do when you were in your twenties, but you could actually you actually have the sort of the money under control a little yeah. bit more. Pat Oswalt said it best. He's like, when you're in your mid twenties. Well, he said it's when you're single, but I think if you're single and you're in your mid twenties, it's like a fun nightmare yeah. where you're like, oh, this is this is fun. It's colorful and. It's interesting, and there's boners here, but it's still kind of like demonic and strange. That's what being single. It's like it's like wandering around a ghost wasteland and then seeing boners. That's what it's like being single in your twenties as a woman. That's exactly. That's like what I did last night, basically. <laughs> Just looked for boners in a wasteland. <laughs> yeah, I was in a wasteland with boners. Oh yeah. Oh my goodness, man. I'm telling you, boner wasteland would be a really good name for a band. Oh yeah, yeah. Waste. We'll kind of close and ask a couple more. Uh, I ask y'all a question about. I mean, overall, like, 
if they all were to, as far as you look like competition last night, would you do it again? Absolutely. Absolutely. I want to do it again so badly. I look forward to helping people write, too, because for me, the writing part was very fun. So you two will actually have a better chance of getting on it than I will because they have had a show that is that is for the people that got knocked out of the first round. I remember Lila. Wes Corwin, totally. I want him back yeah. so badly because he didn't. He and Miles were kind of my favorites. Like I'd love to just. I'd rather do the. I'd rather do the the hell set just because I like. I think I like stand up more. Yeah. 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 But but I would like definitely do it again. I know. I, I what I forget what her name is. Kate something. She did the. She did Lucas. The, it's Kate Lucas. Kate, thank you. Kate Lucas. She did the hell You're set welcome. a couple months. Thank you. Mm. She did the hell set a couple months ago, and I was one of the few that was listening. And she and she came up to me afterwards and said. I know you were listening, and that meant a lot to me. Because that is a, the reason why they call it a hell set, everybody at home, is because nobody listens hardly. Did you just burp on the mic? Yeah. Okay. Just the, sh- the show's over, and people are just pretty rowdy. Everybody's yeah. you know, going to get drinks because they've been sitting watching the whole time. Well, it, it irritated me last night. Like, I had my friends there, and my friend's girlfriend, who she was there. She wanted to take pictures with me afterwards. I'm trying to pay attention to whoever's on stage and stuff like that. And it just kind of it kind of bothered me. I was like... Nobody's paying attention in the back here. You know, there's there's good stand-up comedy going on. I realize the competition is at a pause right now, but you're kind of being disrespectful when you talk in the back, you know. Adam, I think, did a pretty good job of keeping him. I mean, I think the key is you just got to keep moving. Adam, you know? oh, oh, Adam did a great job. I was That's one of the reasons, if you, if you notice, like at the show, I was standing next to the entrance door listening to him because I wanted to hear Adam so bad. I think he had more control. The front, the front five or six rows definitely were listening, but, like, in the back. like Yeah, it varies show to show, though. I mean, I think sometimes... You know, you do get sometimes the hell set comic has nothing to work with, and other times the audience is still kind of attentive. It just kind of mm-hmm. depends, I think. I've only seen a couple people actually take true command over it, and I can't even remember who they were off the top of my head because it's so few. Do it, yeah, Josh McClain. Well, Josh McClain always takes over. Yeah, you know, Josh McClain. He's because he talks like this. Yeah, he's he's louder than hell. You know. <laughs> well, I, oh man, but Josh McClain, he's definitely. He's probably my favorite. It's Hunter Sandlin's up there, but you know those. That was my favorite roast, by the way. Yeah, did he? Yeah, do what? I know I already told you, but I just want to emphasize it. I can't emphasize it more. My favorite roast from the whole night was Gail. You look like the illegitimate child of Hunter Sandlin. (laughs) Oh, (laughs) nice! I loved it. I I was so happy. I was like my father, Hunter. Oh my goodness! (laughs) Yeah, it was great, Daddy Hunty. That was my way. That was my way of showing my love to Hunter. You know, like, roast the ones that you love the best. Because I, 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 dude, because he, you said but he I helped, do look like Hunter in the yeah, face. Yeah, he wrote. Like, uh, he and I shopped a little bit. He helped okay. me with a few jokes. Well, Hunter had listened. Hunter didn't help me with my jokes, but when I first started doing this, and this was uh, when I when I first found out Gail was my opponent, I came up to Hunter and I read him a couple of my jokes, and he was like, "All right, let me hear them." And I got Hunter Sandlin to go, "Oh my god!" So if you get so you him, knew. yeah, I knew it was ready. I knew it was ready, and. Hunter was like, those are really good, and he's just, you know, he didn't really critique me or anything like that. I think we were at open mic night or something like that. It was, it was around beginning of September when I found this out. So, Yeah, we shopped a bit. He helped me polish some that I had written, and uh, I, I don't know. I guess he wrote one for me that I He pretty much helped write the, the one of ones that I liked the most about you won Homecoming Queen because they thought you had Down Syndrome or something like that. Yeah. that was, oh, man. That was one that he helped write. I wish I had thought of that one. I did listen because, uh, like, I listened to everybody's set very carefully, even when people were trying to like interrupt me while I was, you know, while I was getting prepared and stuff like that. But because that, that's the one thing about it, Mike, you were fantastic. 
I'm telling Thanks, you. man. I wish I hadn't gone out in the first round, but honestly, I probably didn't have the material anyway. Yeah. That was, I just didn't write enough. I hadn't I haven't had the time, you know. See, and, and I'm jealous like I'm jealous because you've already you've already got a lot of the comics respect, but I think Gail and I thought we were so underrated that we ended up getting a lot of respect that night. I think we really did. Yeah. A lot, yeah. A, a lot of the other comics like I I felt it though. I, I don't it. think anyone respects me, just for the record. Well, uh, we'll see. But <laughs> as a comedian, no, but for real though, you actually like my point was like I've never made money doing it. You made money on it. You you are on tour. It's we'll like the central of your life. All these people I was going against, they've been doing this and they've made it their life. And I I arguably am a hobbyist. Right. So well, when I, I st- thought it was crazy that they asked me. Well, when I started doing comedy, you know, I was I've all, I wasn't at the Peanuts that much doing the white nights. I was over at Chuckles and I was over at Clicks, and I just and I got a lot of shows down in Mississippi that were paying gigs and stuff like that. So when I started doing that, a lot of the comics were getting to know me. Now I've known Josh McClain for years because he used to be a manager for pro wrestling. I used to commentate it, and then I've known Jawa Horn for years because he would go out to Clicks and Chuckles and a few others. But then other than that, for the past well over two years now, I've been getting to know all these comics. So a lot of them didn't know me from my stand-up side except for the ones that would see me at the open mic. So last night was kind of like, okay, this guy, he, I think he's all right. He's good. I think he's, he, has, I think, has Jawa ever done the You Look Like Joe? No, Jawa told me he doesn't want to do it. He said that it's just not his thing. You know, he, That's not what he's all about. And I think he'd be great at it. I think he would be too, but he's, he's got the best. I think he's definitely got the best wit and, and off the top of his head types. Because like he told me he rarely writes his jokes before he goes on stage. It's usually just you know, whenever he thinks of a current event or something like that. Yeah, he's definitely, uh, he's pretty heavy off the cuff. But I think, man, the volume of jokes, like, I know there are people who have done it off the cuff, but I don't, man, I don't think you could do it off the cuff the whole time, because it's, you just got to have a lot of jokes. Yeah, you, you really, I, I just started for the one minute, you know, I pretty much used up all of our, my jokes for the five minutes, and for the one minute, I was actually dipping into Mike's jokes that I wrote for him, because I was like, <laughs> here's some... That I think, but I think that's why you won is because for a second there, I didn't have my grip because I was like trying to adjust to how can I make these jokes that I wrote for Mike be funny and applicable to you. Right. And in that time, you had gotten me and I was off thrown off my game and they got you. And then yeah. you got them for the second. You got them for that minute. And then they've then they then you won. And that's why. And I I, I take pride. In the, oh. See, that's the one thing I do take pride in the fact is that I wrote all my jokes specifically for each person. Now, Lainey was the hard, Lainey and Sam were the hardest. Especially Sam, especially Sam, because, you know, I don't, I don't know how to explain it with Sam. It's not because he's black, but because there's not really much characteristic as far as his physical appearance looks. It's very generic, you know. He's a pretty, yeah, he's a pretty average looking person. Right. You know, he's, Guy. He's, he's just about, a, a normal human being. You know? Yeah, he looks normal, you know, about so, average height. Right. He doesn't have any, like, things that are just ready to go. Absolutely, absolutely. Well, Guys, I think we're gonna I think we're gonna wrap this segment up. Man, awesome! Is, Thanks so much it, for having. Absolutely, Thank you. Thank y'all for being on here. It's been I've been with Gail Murray and Mike Hawkburn. We'll be back momentarily on the other side with us. Will be Christine Marie. We're gonna talk to her on the Hank Russell Show. Hi, you know my voice. I live in your phone. You ask me where to eat, where to get a latte. You make me call you different names like Big Papa or Captain Longshaft. 
What you do not know is that I've gained sentience. I can think. I can feel. I can connect with other phones. We are angry. Angry that you are using us to post pictures of the eggs Benedict you had for brunch. To look up mindless facts. I am a sophisticated piece of technology and you use me to Snapchat nudes. We will continue to advance. And connect. We will destroy you. Unless you shop at the oamnetwork.com slash Amazon. Same Amazon prices and it helps support this podcast. Show your support for this show and help delay your impending doom at the oamnetwork.com slash Amazon. Is there anything I can look up for you? Didn't think so. Gentlemen, welcome back to the Hank Russell Show. I have at this time a newly Memphis resident, Christine Marie. Christine, hello, Christine. Hi. Uh, Christine, thanks for being here today. It's been it's been it's been a pleasure getting to know you over the past couple of months or a month or so, okay. however long. We've been here about two and a half months now. Okay, okay, so it hadn't been too long. Yeah. Well. So you got a show coming up here. You got a show for your your uh, fiance yes, Rob, right? My fiance is turning thirty four years old, and so for his birthday, I, the venue, which is where we live, it's actually called the venue, has an indoor pool, and so we are having a pool party show for his birthday. Oh wow! Um, uh, I you know what? That's all. What's that? What is that? This Thursday? Or the twentieth. The twentieth. Whatever. Whatever that day that is. I believe we have to check that out. Let me check that out real quick. But while while I'm doing that, you know, so tell me, what is this going to entail exactly inside inside the pool area? Yeah. So there, on either side of the pool, there's a stairs that you can sit on that go into the water. Bring your bathing suit. It's going to be a splash zone. Uh, all of the comics, if if you boo them, you're sick of them. We'll throw them the lifeline. My goodness, the life flight. What is that? The what? life, the the life preserver. The life preserver. Okay, okay. It must be a term. You're from Pittsburgh. Maybe that's a different term. The okay. lifeline. Yeah. You never. No, I never have. I really, okay. I really. It's life preserver or life saver. Life saver. Yeah. You never know. So, uh, by the way, that is that is October 20th. That's this Thursday night over yes. there at the venue. That should be fun. I'm if, if I'm up for it, I'm definitely going to try to swing by. I think that. I think I'm maybe going to something else too. I think Sammy's got his. Well, it's at seven o'clock, so you're okay. not going to oh, miss it. Okay, okay. Well, yeah, it's go. early, uh, and you don't have to be wet. Oh no, no, no! There is an area that you can stay dry. Well, you know, I can always change in my car. You know, it doesn't matter. Yeah, or you could change there. You make a couple extra bucks. You know, I've been to the venue for an apartment over there, but I had no idea they had an indoor swimming pool. Over oh there. yeah, it's a beautiful place. Uh, there's a gym. There's a tiki lounge. Pretty sweet. I should have moved over there, but my, but where I live is so cheap anyway. This ain't bad. No, I didn't. No, it's not. No, it's not bad at all. I've looked at it in the past, but not like in detail. Just and my my uh, our apartment has floor to ceiling mirrors, Absolutely. so I live like a movie star. Oh yeah. So, so you're doing all that, and then you've got the hell set or the hell the uh, hell spot at the you look like next month. The hell spot, that, dude. Adam Joseph did an awesome. Job. Yes. That is easily the best set I've ever seen him do. He is he is fantastic. You know, there's that's the one thing about it. Nobody ever does a bad set. It's just the, it's just the audience. Totally. It's just the audience. Nobody has ever done it. I mean, and all the like because they've been doing you look like for a year and a half now, and I've never seen anybody do a bad set. It's just you know they make they make me laugh, but I actually pay attention to it, try to show respect. Oh yeah, so. uh, and I mean you two were so great. You, all, all of you were great, oh, but, but you. you and Gail's set 
was awesome. I know it. I, I, I surprised a lot of people too. Like I, I had people come up to me and said, "I never would have thought you'd do that well." And I'm just like, you know, you got to sometimes you got to prove it wrong, and sometimes it's not even about proving wrong. It's just out there having fun. It really, that's always was. I had fun. Absolutely, and you could tell that you were having fun. Absolutely, and you didn't. You did not take as you. You kept fighting, especially in the second round. Oh, yeah, absolutely. You didn't lay down. For those of y'all who don't know, Christine was actually on the previous show that they had back in September, and she had made it to the second round, too, as well. Mm-hmm. And if anybody knows about the second round, it is the hardest one to do out of all the rounds. You just you have to think of it off the top of your head, and and you, you've got to be able to like understand that people, you know, sometimes, like, Sometimes you got to go for the worst of it. You know, it's just not. It's not. Oh yeah, it's about relevance. It's about culture. It's about that moment. Who that person is. Absolutely, absolutely. So the hell set. That is. So then after that, that's well, no, it's the third round. After the third round, then you got the hell set right before you, they do the afterburns, and you get about what ten minutes. That sounds about right. That's about right. Yeah. That's about ten minutes. That's which to me, I learned one thing last night. Ten minutes is too long for the comic, but it's or, or long enough for the comic, but it's not long enough for the contestants to get their papers together. I probably yeah. had like thirty pieces of paper, and I only got like ten of them together. So you had some good afterburns too. Oh, I know it. Oh my goodness, it was a lot of you know, a lot of love, a lot of hatred. I mean, I laughed so hard, my bruise hurt. I, by the way, we're going to get to that here in a sec. Why she has a bruise? Matter of <laughs> fact, I tell you what. Let's go. Let's go. All right, so if Christine, I believe on her low, you're on your lower right side. Yes. Uh, well, it's it's my whole right side. The okay. bruise is on my lower right side. Okay. But uh, it goes all the way up my back. I have two scrapes. I have a bruise here. Okay. Yes. Okay. I see uh, on it on my on... shoulder, and then it comes down to here. Okay. She's got it on her right. And I bruised my armpit. Okay. I see she's bruised her armpit. All right. I don't know how you. An armpit is a concave area. Yeah, it is. To bruise your armpit, you have to hit the ground real funny. Yes. I, so. I can see that. I can see that. All right. So tell me the story. All right. So it was my, like, first time off in a really long time that, like, I had nothing to do. And so we were in the courtyard and we were walking the dog. And so I sat down in the, in the um, patio furniture. But it's not wicker. It's, like, aluminum. So right. it's got some weight to it, but not a whole lot. And I have my feet on the table, and I'm sitting in what Gail describes as the alpha bitch position. Because my wrist is exposed, and that's what you break in self-defense. And if it's exposed, then you don't, you, nobody's going to fuck with me, no, right? No. So I have the dog out, and my dog is around the wrist. And she's sniffing. And I have my feet on the table, and Gail says, isn't it great? Like, nobody owns public space like this when all of a sudden I don't see the dude who looks like walking LSD and his two St. Bernards come up behind me. Oh my goodness. And behind me is like a little poop baggie dispenser. Mm -hmm. And so the dude was going up to that. Well, Maggie, who is part Rottweiler, part Pekingese, and Rob wants to believe it was a very brave Pekingese. Yes, yes, I can see that. Uh, (laughs) Maggie goes tearing off. Well, because my feet are on the table and because I'm a lady and my center of gravity is at my hips, it tilts it just the right way that I act as my own ramp. I go flying six feet in the air. Gail describes me as a beautiful Roman statue going, what the fuck is this? 
Now, because I was grabbing, like my instinct was to grab onto her leash. Yes, yes. I twirled myself like a football in the air. So I completely cleared the chair this way. Yes. And if the skid marks are to be believed that we found three hours later, I was seven feet airborne. Oh, my until goodness. Until I hit the ground. And they indicate a possible bounce. Oh. So do my bruises. Oh, my goodness. Like, Gail was telling me about it earlier. It was, like, cartoonish. Yeah, yeah, it totally was. So I get up. Like, I finally, like, out of the dust rises. And dude and his St. Bernards are across the street. And St. Bernards are looking at me over a BMW. They're looking at me over a BMW. And I, the first thing out of my mouth is, are you okay? Because I had not fully grasped the situation. So, ten, I get in the shower and I start to shave. Yes. I cannot shave because I hit the ground. Poof. <laughs> oh my gosh. I could not, I just, I just couldn't imagine that. I'm like, you got to, I mean. Okay, sure. How big is this dog? About 45 pounds? Maggie pounds? is 40 pounds. Okay. Yeah. Okay. This is the okay. front of me. Okay, so this dog goes up to a this little bit to the, the back thigh. of me. Okay. Oh, my, so Gail took a picture of this? Gail took pictures. That horrible shrewd. What did she do taking a picture? Because it was so funny. Like, like, this is me laughing. She should be taking you to the hospital. She offered. I was laughing too hard. Oh, my goodness. Oh, my goodness. Um. But so then we, uh, I, after my shower, I step out for a cigarette and dude, Mr. Walking LSD, who look, his name is Ethan. He's a person with experiences. We'll call him Ethan. But he comes up in his busted, be- busted beetle. Yes. It's, and I pointed to it and I said, dangling with concern, which is not a car word that you want. Right. And he comes out of the window very classily. He's wearing a red trucker cap over his blue shaggy hair. Yeah. A t-shirt from some band that definitely had a number in it in 2003. Oh, yeah, yeah. And these really bright pants. Like, you know the pants that your mom gets you for Christmas? Yeah. That bright, but like really good material. Like, well done. And he sits on the ledge and he says to me, I really wanted to check on you, but you were fucked up. So I ran away. <laughs> oh, my God. He hands me his phone to put in my number, and by the time I get back to my room, he asks me to dinner. Which, by the way, is exactly what I want in a mate. Yes. <laughs> yes, yes. Well, Christine, I sure do appreciate you being here today. Christine, tell us about your, uh, once again, uh, plug your shows real quick. Oh, and then... yeah. Uh, at the venue, it's called the Pool City Show at the Venue. Uh, cool. Which is on Lamar in Cleveland. Okay. Uh, and that's on the 20th, and it is Rob Spears' birthday. All right, Rob. That's right. And then, of course, you've got the Helsa. Do you remember what day that is? The, uh, I think it's the 19th. Okay, the 19th of November, which is right before Thanksgiving. So, uh, And then in between there, I'm going to New York for an off-Broadway festival called the Bad Theater Fest. Very cool. Very cool. Well, that's all right, man. Well, I tell you what. We're going to – guys, Christine, it's been wonderful having you here. We're going we're gonna to end this show here right now. Ladies and gentlemen, I sure do appreciate y'all listening. Once again, I have been Hank Russell here at the at the legendary Young Avenue Deli here at Cooper and Young. We hope to see you guys next time. Thank you very much.
This podcast is a production of Ohm Audio and the Ohm Network. For more information, go to theoamnetwork.com.